way with us. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the things God is going to do in this few weeks, as we started last week, I listened to the preaching and I came to a conclusion that I said what God wanted me to say. And the Bible said, if you knew, that thing goes through my body, it goes through my bones. It said, if you knew the one who is asking you of the water, in John chapter 4, it said, you would have asked for a living water. That, if you come to church and you hear such a word, and you go home, it's enough. One of the things God is going to do this week is the fact that we have to get ourselves back from the multitude into the people who are few. The Bible said many are called by few are chosen. We are being encompassed by many that we have started taking the many attitudes to be the attitude of God. If the Bible said God is rich, you must be rich. You didn't hear what I said. If the Bible said that they that worship him will be blessed by Jehovah, then you must be blessed. If you are not blessed, you have to find out. And that is what makes Jabez become so mad. He said, when I look at the realms of the spirit, what I've been written about me is contradistinctive to what is happening to me. There is a problem somewhere. And that is why believers have accepted whatever happens to them. And therefore, they are living a life without testimony. But I pray that your life will have a testimony. Amen. And what I'm going to share with you, please forget about what you know and let's look at the scriptures. Let's go to the book of John chapter 8. I said, did I say John? Forgive me. Luke chapter 8. The book of Luke chapter 8. Luke is not like a reckless person writing. He's very particular. He delights in writing. Luke is a physician. He understands writing. Praise God. I don't like a lot of writing, so I am more mathematically inclined. We don't like writing much. Luke is a physician. Everything about the doctors, they have to write it. If you are a medical doctor here, or a medical nurse, or in a medical field, you will notice that everything you write, even when they go to work, they write report about their patients. And the problem is that if something happens and you don't write it, it can cause you to lose your job. Am I lying, nurses and doctors around? Amen. So, physicians are very particular. One thing they do is, when you go to the GP, I remember many years ago, there was a doctor who was close to my opposite our house. And when you go, he can see that this problem is malaria, but he would never call it malaria. He said, let's run a test. They are very careful with what they say because they are very particular. They are distinct. And Luke was a physician. He's very careful. He's, and when you look at it, most of the people who struggle and love to become believers are scientists. They, are, they have a problem believing because they want to see proof. And until they got to a point where Jesus disproved all their, their proofs, then he, he began to, they began to look at him carefully. So Luke, is very, he was a physician, he was very particular. And he's writing a report and that which happened about Jesus. 
So when you look at the, the, the right, the gospel of, of, of Luke, you will notice that there are things he wrote that Matthew didn't write. John, you know, most of them didn't write about. He's so particular. He's the one who will tell you that Jesus was not just born. He wasn't just born. Jesus was born through a process. There was Simeon, there was Hannah, there was somebody there. And they were waiting in the, in the temple for, for Jesus to appear. They are very particular. Doctors and medical field people, they are particular. Mr. Mary, are you there? Let's look at Luke. Even though they are, his name is even telling you, you have to be careful. You have to look. Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 15. Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 15. One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seeds. As he scattered it across his field, some fell on a path, footpath where it was stepped on, and birds ate it. Others fell upon rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other fell, other seeds, other seed fell among tongues that grew up with it and choked out the tender plant. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might, might be fulfilled. When they look, they couldn't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, clench to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Amen. This is the word of God. Uh, you have to say thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I want to minister on the subject of entitled. Go through the process. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, go through the process. Go through the process. Tell your neighbor, go through the process. Go through the process. Amen. Amen. So this story is very profound. And I've already told you that the essence that the reason for which the seed is being sown is for it to bear fruit. So if there is no fruit, there was no purpose or reason for which it should be planted. In Luke chapter 8, 
The story was so profound that it tells us that Jesus traveled about from one town to one village. He traveled and proclaimed the good news. And the Bible said that he was walking with the 12 disciples. And also there were some women who have been killed by evil spirit and disease. And Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had came, uh, come out of, also was with him. Joanna, the wife, uh, Joanna was also around. The manager of Herod household was also there. We had Susan and many others. And these women were helping to support them out of their own means. There were women who have sacrificed their lives to position themselves to make sure the gospel and everything around the gospel is being done properly, providing them with food, providing them with comfort, smile, and joy, and everything. This is, this is what was happening. Jesus was traveling. And the Bible said there was a great crowd that has been with Jesus. Be with me, somebody. A great crowd has followed Jesus, and many were coming from afar and near. Now, Jesus, look at it, and it's just like today when almost all the seats are filled and you are a preacher and you are standing here. And you won't, if you had an option of looking through all the sermons you've ever preached, because there are more people, you want to get the best shot and give it to them because you may not get them again. So Jesus decided to talk about what was so dear to his heart. Now he started by using um, a story, and stories are one way Jesus used to expansion and bring meaning into things that are complex now jesus talked about a farm and he, he relates farming to the kingdom and what he said there was the fact that the kingdom uh, is very related to a sower now this parable illustrates not only He's talking about the sower, but he's also demonstrating because in explanation for who the sower was, he said the sower was God. The seed happened the word of God. Keep it there, please. Now he says that I want you to understand that this sower is a lavish sower. And he tried to use illustration by the process of sowing because I'm not so good with agriculture, but the, one of the methods of sowing is scattering. And that word scattering means that giving everybody equal opportunity. It is not like digging the ground and causing the seed to go into it. Uh, but what he says here, hey, come on, let's skip it there, please. Now, what he's trying to do here is that he's trying to tell you well, one of the things that I'm very careful is whilst I'm preaching now, things can fly and I have to listen. So I want us to manage every movement, every, whatever we can, we can do to keep it there. Amen. Now, he's trying to tell you that this sower, which happens to be God, is not partial. Because he's using the scattering method, giving everybody equal opportunity. So if you are here and there is a word of God that has been appropriated in the scriptures, it doesn't belong to any other person but you. That is why you are a Christian. Be with me here. Now, he tried to demonstrate the, in, the impartiality of God. He did that by using the farmer's illustration and using the fact that he scattered the seed. 
Now you have to understand the fact that the value of the land is determined by, the, by what is on the land. When I talk about what is on the land, it's what the land can contain. It's what determines the value of the land. There was a time a, a church bought a bill as a land, and when they bought the land, they bought it very cheaply. Then later on, they discovered that there was mineral in the soil. Immediately they got to know there is mineral in the soil, it changes the value of the land. There are certain land, I remember many years ago, be with me somebody, it's a long process. I remember there was a time I wanted to do, a friend wanted to do farming. Now when you want to do farming, there are certain land that are not conducive for farming. Even though there are certain land that can be conducive for farming, there are also certain specificity that goes with certain land. Certain land cannot contain apple, it can contain maize. That is why in Africa, our land is not conducive to plant apples. By virtue of the fact that the value of the land is determined by what comes out of it. Now, God wants me to tell somebody, if the land happens to be you, your value is determined by what God has said that is coming out of you. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. I said, somebody's value is about to appreciate. Because you are about to be a custodian of the word of God, somebody. It's a journey, be with me here. Now, the value is determined by what comes out of it. That for when the plants were, were planted, the Bible said the soil, he wanted to give value. The reason why the, the farmer sprinkled, scattered the seed was that he wanted to give the soil equal opportunity to add value to themselves. Meaning that he wanted to give the soil value. He sowed his own seed on the soil. This land were not, were not beneficial. They were not valued. They were not, they, were not, they were not important. But he decided to sow. And that is why the soil was not determined by the soil. But it was the lavishness, the cherishness, the givingness of God that provided for the soil. It was not because of what the soil did. But because of what God decided to do. Therefore, whatever the soil value becomes, it was as a result of the seed. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 8, the NIV said that for, for who makes you different from everyone else? What do you have that was not that you did not receive? If you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not receive? As he was scattering the seed, the word scattering means giving equal opportunity. I prophesy upon your life that an opportunity is coming into your life. I said opportunity is coming into your life. In Acts chapter 10 verse 34, the Bible said, then Peter began to speak and said, now I realize how true it is 
that God does not show favoritism. I just can preach about it the whole day. If you had known, if you had known that if you had not given up in the place you gave up, there were things that would have happened to you that would have caused you to marvel. That could have scared your mind. That could have changed your location. If there are times, I remember some time ago, one of our young girls who is in university, the friends, and they started the university education, and when they started, there was one subject that was so tough. And this girl felt like giving up because everybody talked about giving up. They abandoned the, the course, and they went for some other course. But this girl said, I phoned my dad, and my dad told me, you got no right to drop it, because that is the reason for which you go there. You went there, and as far as you are there, make sure, do whatever it is necessary to keep it. And this girl said that I tackle it with all my strength. And I promise you, pastor, as I talk to you, this course is now under my feet. I prophesy upon the sound of somebody right now. I don't know what struggle you are going through. I don't know what turbulent moment is coming in your life. But God said, I should tell you that fear not. For he, the Lord, will empower you in your place of weakness. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, if God is not favoritism. In other words, the King James said, he is no respecter of person. Which means that if they are Billionaires and trillionaires. I've got the right to be one of them. After I discovered um, that the Bible said that the poor you always have with you, then I realized uh, that there is a place for the poor. But later did I also discover in God um, that if there is a place for the poor, uh, then there is a place for the wealthy one. It's a choose this is name. If you want to choose life, choose life. If you want to choose death, choose death. But tonight, somebody will have to make a choice. And I prophesy upon your life that you will make the right choice in the mighty name of Jesus. He said there is he's no respecter of person. Eyes. Do you know what it means? It means that if somebody can get a star, you are qualified to get a stars. I remember when I saw some people in this ministry. It is a value that you place yourself that determines how people relate to you. The Bible said they went to spy the land, and when they were spied the land, the Bible said they saw, oh my God. Praise the Lord. Amen. He said, when they went to spy the land, the Bible said they said, we saw ourselves as grass grasshoppers. So did they also see us. Precious one, if you don't see value in yourself, nobody will value you. Praise God. He said that some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the bears ate it up. Say to your neighbor, nobody will step on you. In my country, in my daddy, there is a saying that the one who killed me didn't bother me. That's, this was the bed talking, the bed. He said, the one who killed me didn't bother me like the one who took off my feathers. In my dialect, I wish I can speak my dialect. But some of you think it's tongues, but it's okay. It came on it with me, it me. Femonifa, infaging. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. He said, the one who killed me didn't matter to me much. Like the one who took my feathers for somebody to come and meet me and kill me. The Bible said the seed fell on the roadside. And when it fell on the roadside, he had the opportunity of growing. But somebody stepped on it. I pray over your life today that nobody will step on your life. I pray over your life today that nobody will step on your children. I pray today that nobody will step on your future. In the mighty name of Jesus. When I was in school, somebody told me there are times that somebody said nothing good will come out of you, but I pray today that something good will come out of you in the name of Jesus. I said, In the name of Jesus, he says, Somebody stepped on this. And when you look at the text carefully, you will understand that the one who stepped on it. Oh, I. Have you ever noticed when you use the sprinkling method, the scattering method, when you use, be with me here, it's a journey, I'll, I'll try, it's a series, I'm going to run up. When you scatter a seed, what the farmer also does is that he must, if you are using the scattering method, you have to make sure that it is not exposed too much. So when somebody, so when I used to plant some few seed, I used to plant cucumber some time ago, but I'm a good farmer. When you sprinkle the seed, especially tomato seed, and you don't cover it up a bit with some sand, the wind can blow it off. Number one. But also, if you, you sprinkle it and you, you, know, you do what you have to do, and somebody also walk on it, it also exposes it. And when you expose it, it causes what we call in economics or in management, in marketing, we call it invitation to treat. Invitation to treat, when they advertise something on the telly, they are not telling you to go and buy it, but in a way, they are telling you to go and buy it. So if you buy something based on the advert, <laughs> there is no contract anywhere. They didn't compel you to go and buy it. So what, <laughs> what the devil does is that when somebody steps on it, even though he's trying to tell you that I didn't mean for you to be killed, he's exposing you to something that can eat you because it creates an invitation to treat. But I pray over your life. There are certain people who are very deceitful. They are very cunning. The Bible uses the devil in Luke chapter, in Ephesians chapter 4. The Bible said that with some cunning and crafty way of trying to cause the believer to be unstable. If you want a plant to grow properly, you can't allow it to grow. To, I remember many days ago, many years ago. And I know you've been there before when you have been told about plants, how they grow. And, and you, you, you plant a seed. And, and you, you want it to grow. And you planted it today and tomorrow morning, uh, you, you want to check if it is growing or not. And I remember I went to plant a corn and I went to check the following day if it is growing or not. And the only way I can find out whether it is growing or not is to go and dig the hole and check whether it is growing or not. 
And by far that I created uncomfortable situation for the seed because it needs stability to be able to grow. Not only does it need uh, stability to grow, it needs consistency to grow in, the, in that atmosphere. But some of you, immediately you begin to grow. There are things that comes your way to make you become like unstable. The Bible said that an unstable person will never get anything from God. I prophesy upon your life today. Everything that is unstable shall become stable. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said he went to sow. The growth of the plan is a, is a, is a process and is a metaphorical way of Jesus telling you about how the kingdom operates. Uh, one of the things you must understand here is that in Hebrews chapter 4, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the message Bible says something I want to share with you. Hallelujah. <laughs> I am loaded here. Deal with me. Before I go to that, I want, I want to tell you something. The Bible said in the verse number 20, it said, those along the path are the ones who, who hear. Then the devil comes to take away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. Listen, forget about what you have heard outside. Listen to me, precious one. I became born again for my life to be better. Tell your neighbor, I became born again for my life to be better. If you want to see, listen. This cannot be substituted. The Bible said that they hear. The first way of encountering the grace of God is to hear. And when you hear, there is something that must happen after you hear. And the first level of the process of the believer actualizing the prophetic and the faithfulness of God that have been made available in his word is for you to come to the place to believe. The first level is for you to all believe. If you can't believe it, you can't materialize it. If you don't believe it, you can't walk into it. The Bible said that when Peter was back on to come, he believed he could walk on water, therefore he walked on there. Oh, oh my God. I prophesy upon your life. Every unproductiveness in your life caused by unbelief is about to be alleviated by fire. I said it's about to be alleviated by fire. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, the message translation says, and I read. The Bible says, it is impossible to please God apart from faith. I'm not talking about faith, but I want you to understand something here. It said, why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Praise God. Hallelujah. So believing is the beginning of the authentication of the word of God. Somebody. 
Authentication means the process or action of proving or showing something to be true, genuine or valid. The concept of, of the word of God starts when we believe without which there cannot be any supernatural evidence of the, of the believer in God. Ah, precious one, God cannot do much with you if you can just enter into the gate of believing. Listen, I am telling you today that God is able. Come on, if the Bible said God is able, you must believe that He is able. He said, God said it is impossible to please him because when you come to him, the first point of contact to see the glory of God is for you to believe. It doesn't matter what the doctors are saying. If you can get a grounds in the word of God to believe, then nothing shall be impossible because if you believe. These are... I don't want you to believe, I, I'm, I'm not going to rush it, I will take it slowly. The first point of contact is for you to all believe. When I came to understand this, I began to walk into a level of discovery. Listen, if you decide to behave like you are poor, you welcome poor. If you decide you are poor, if you want to behave, you know, let me tell you a secret. Do you know that by virtue, there is a demonic wind blowing? That anytime you have something nice to wear, that is why I wear nice. This suit, if I don't wear it now, there are nice suits I have in my wardrobe that I, I, I was waiting for the appointed time that they have become small. I can't wear them again. Praise God. Haven't you ever discovered that there was something nice you wanted to give somebody? Then you remember that if you give it to them, they will know you have. The Bible said that there were men who were, they have leprosy. They were outside the gate. And they decided to go into the city. And they walk as if they knew where, where they were going. And the Bible said because of that, God amplified their footsteps. That it became like chariots and horses. That the people on the land who had the proper chariots and horses, they left the land and left their gold. I remember some time ago, eh, I went for an interview. And I shot a price on the target. <laughs> Say target. I want you to, if you begin to understand this message, eh, you begin to possess a high level of sensitivity into a new dimension of the supernatural. I, I went there and I sat down and I, I said, I said, I shot the price. You know what I mean by price? I shot the salary. And the boss sat and shook herself. And I said, I don't mind. And it, she said something. She said, if I give it to you, you will work. I didn't know what she meant by that. <laughs> when she, I shot it, I knew it was a wrong target. I, I knew I would not get it. But I said, what do I lose if, if I shoot it? When I shot it, she said, if I give you, you will work. Then I was sitting down like this. Then when she said, you will work. I sat down like that. Hallelujah. 
Let me tell you something. If you see those messages people send to people and say that this morning God is going to bless you, God is going to increase you, God is going to there, and you send it to a sinner, what, 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 what are you saying? No, some of us have made God become like a fool. He, he doesn't know what he's about. You know, he, but even there was a time that Jesus was told to heal somebody. And he said, I don't throw my, my, my meat before swines. No, I don't do nonsense. If you want to follow God, ah, he said, he that cometh to him must believe eyes, that he's a rewarder of them. That diligent, the word diligent means faithfully, consistency. You think following God is easy? Don't joke you. Don't, don't lie to yourself. It is a hard work. It is a process you have to believe in that which is unbelievable in the sight of man. But this believing doesn't just happen. There are things you do to control the mindset. The Bible says, Blessed is he that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. But he meditate upon it day and night. And by virtue of that fact, it produces an outcome. He shall be. I prophesy that you will be. The process, nobody, listen, it's just, listen, the Bible said it was a farmer. And what Jesus was trying to say here is that the farmer goes through a seed, the seed goes through a process which is not Listen, some of you, I don't know, there was, you can be pregnant and pray to God that you don't go through any pain. That is a believer talking here. He believes he can become pregnant and not go through labor pain. No, he, he, he believes. I'm not disputing labor pain. They are, they are setting, I pray for a lady, my, my wife especially, she could go, she went to the hospital, not the first, second one, she went to the hospital and she delivered. Within 30 minutes, she's finished okay but the first one was not like that but that is a problem if she is telling you the story she will tell you it was 30 minutes but she didn't tell you that the first one was 27 hours nobody tells you that some people it's not like they are lying it is truth in a lie God wants you to want me to tell you that if you don't come to the place of believing, there is not, not much he can do with you. And every time, now and then, I was listening to somebody. Now, I know when, when we talk about, I'll continue this week, I can't finish this. Anytime we talk about giving, and people are a bit skeptical. I, no, I don't, I don't, no, no, no. The Bible said that how can we Christians put our things on Facebook? I will talk about Facebook next week. How can we talk things about people? The Bible said when an unbeliever hears the voice of God, it becomes, it's not like he does, it's not like, it's not like he's, he's stubborn. It's not stubborn. But his mind cannot apprehend and comprehend. It, it becomes foolishness. When he hears the voice of God, it is foolishness. But when we hear the same thing, 
It is the power unto our salvation. So it is not, I tell people that it is not what you go through that matters. It's who you go through with. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through fire. It was like air conditioning. That is what the Bible said. That though ye go through the valleys of the shadows of death, you will fear no evil. It doesn't mean that you will not go through them, but that he will take away the fear from them. Hallelujah. The last scripture, then we are done. In, first, in John chapter 11, verse 38, to 40 the bible said jesus once more deeply moved and came to the tomb it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance take away the stone he said but lord martha said the sister of the dead man by this time there is a bad order for he has been there four days then jesus said did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And today I want to tell you the same thing. I don't know what you're going through outside there. I am telling you this message, quietly telling you and empowering you to go outside there and become a wonder. The Bible said that Jacob calls his 12 sons in the room. And say, come, let me tell you what will be stored upon you outside. And today I've gathered you in this place. I am telling you that don't limit God. The only way the power of God, the efficacy of God, the profoundness of his power shall be made manifested in your life. It's only by the grounds of your belief. I pray that whatever is causing you to walk in unbelief is about to become paralyzed in the name of Jesus. I pray over your life, over your marriage, over your finances, over your education, over the greatness God has prophesied upon your life, that today you will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ so that you will be saved. In the mighty name of Jesus, stand on your feet, somebody, and put your hands together for Jesus. Next week, I'll get a bit of more time, then I'll, I'll try and finish. Forget about what they have said to you. Forget about, you have to come to the place to believe. Come on, tell your neighbor, believe. Come on, tell your neighbor, believe. Jesus said, did I not tell you? Some of you, you got to a place of a breakthrough. And you saw, I will talk about this next week. You saw what was happening. And it caused you to walk in unbelief. And God could not give you what he purposed to give to you. Why? Because you couldn't believe. God said, did I not tell you, please, this is the only way I can do something for you. I can be in your house, I can be in your marriage, but just give me a chance and that is your belief. Wait, wait, wait. There is a child here. I don't know. Write down. There's a child here who has got problem with breathing. I pray right now for all children here. Every problem with breathing is overcome in the name of Jesus. I pray that God will heal everybody, every child with a breathing issue in Jesus' name. Place your hand on your chest. Let me pray with you. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. 
that from this day onward you will walk with the grace of believing you will believe in that which men in their ordinary state cannot believe may the grace that empowers one to believe come upon you today that you will materialize the grace of God I pray that anything that rises against you to walk in unbelief today may God empower you to overcome it I pray that anybody who trample upon you with the idea with a purpose to kill you to kill your dream to shut down your vision I pray that may God give you grace to overcome it in the name of Jesus whoever is trampling upon you for you to lose what you have I pray today may God preserve it may there be divine security in the name of Jesus as I was praying right now there is a promotion that somebody will have to experience but that person is walking in the fear he's a lady but guys who can also possess it I pray over your life Jesus name amen so, so look at me what do you do what DNS okay place your hand on your chest I pray for you that you are going to walk into a new dimension of favor God said I should tell you if you will believe him there are certain obstacles that people are telling you it can be there if you can believe, he the Lord will make a way where there seems to be no way. I pray for you. I know what I'm talking about, but because of what I'm saying, I pray for wholeness in your marriage. I pray for wholeness in your family. I pray that may God beautify you. May God give you speed. Unlimited boundaries. You will step upon place of greatness. As you step there, you will possess it. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that may goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. And may you dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Shall we share the grace?